Welcome to the next episode of Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford, where we discuss all things college admissions. Joel and I have been having conversations about college admissions for years, and now we bring those to you. Our goal is to provide information to you, the listener, about the world of college admissions, the processes involved, and the current issues that are a part of the journey to post-secondary education. I'm Chris Reeves, counselor at Beachwood High School. And I'm here with Joel Ford, counselor at Connor High School. We've, we're flying solo today without our producer, Mike Piergowski, who's back home teaching students novels, writing, grammar, and so on. Today's episode is going to be quite different because we are recording today from Louisville, Kentucky, the Derby City, at the 2019 National Association for College Admission Counseling National Conference. Well over 6,000 professionals from high schools, colleges, independent counselors, community-based organizations, and more are here to learn about the college admissions process. Kentucky ACAC has been preparing for this week for well over two years, as we've not hosted a national conference since, I think, 1990. Wow. Okay. Also, this is the 75th national conference, so that's a bit of a big deal as well. It is a big deal. It is. Chris, how many NACAC conferences have you attended? Funny story. Ten. Ten national conferences. I... Uh, you know this, but I got an Imagine grant to go to St. Louis in 2010. My really good friend and mentor, Jim Brown, kept telling me I needed to come. I said I couldn't afford it. And he said, look, there's a grant. Why don't you apply? And then it turns out, 10 years later, I'm standing in the booth yesterday telling my story, trying to get people to <laughs> donate to the That's Imagine cool. Fund. Yeah. So I put my name in for a committee once I was here. Two years later, I was selected to, to serve on Current Trends and Future Issues Committee, uh, which is great training for a podcast, but I didn't know that at the time. I've been to Toronto, San Diego, Salt Lake, New Orleans, to name a few. Uh, if you're a parent or student listening, this is the conference where leaders from across the world gather to discuss, debate, improve, and celebrate college admissions. It's, I mean, you walk around upstairs, Joel, it's amazing. Right. So this is going to be my fourth conference. Uh, I've attended conferences in Indianapolis, Columbus, and Boston. Uh, Every time I come, I'm able to come back with really important information that I've been able to take to my students, from important information in various sessions, uh, talking with college reps from places that aren't near my school, but where students that I had were applying, and just generally meeting people from across the country. Um, I'm a little sad, a little fearful, um, because I don't know what the affordability for me is going to be for future conferences. Oh, yeah, I feel the same way. You know, I'll I'll try and swing it, but there's there's no guarantees for me after this year. Um, And I know there are a lot of high school counselors that are in the same boat. So um, while I'm here in Louisville, I'm going to enjoy this one as much as I can um, and learn as much as I possibly can. I remember there's a session you and I attended. It must have been your first conference in Indianapolis, but. Do you remember the session where the people from admissions offices in medical schools mm. were talking about what it takes to get into medical school? Mm-hmm. And that's one session at one conference several years ago. And I still use I still use that message. And as a, as a pro tip, here's what here's the two things I took away uh, from that session, just to prove to the audience that we really learn amazing things from these people. Uh, one, you can have any major. That's right. pretty common knowledge, I guess. But you don't have to be you know, a bio major or right. something like that. And two, you don't have to take your pre-med classes your freshman year. People go whole hog into college, and, uh, and, and they, need to get, they need to get good at college first. Right. Then jump into So maybe that's another episode down the line. Right. But just as an example of one thing. Yeah. 
And I, I know I attended one a few years ago on um, on admissions officers and what they're looking for in admissions essays. And the, the examples and the stories they told, I still Sit tell the same stories all the time. Right. So it really stinks to miss work, but your, your work is better every day you're back right. because you're here at the conference. So, so for any of our students listening, that's why we're here. There you we're go. We're here for you. So anyway, Chris, why don't you explain how this special episode is going to happen? So this is interesting, but we're here with, with some of the biggest movers and shakers you can even think of in college admissions. So we thought we just need to do interviews. We don't need a topic necessarily, uh, but we're going to talk to as many professionals we can. And we're going we're gonna to connect with all 6,000 people. All at, of them. At the conference. Maybe, maybe 5,999. There might be somebody that we can't catch. All right. So the truth is we're going to interview a few people. Yeah. It's going to be cool. Uh, we may have some short ones. We have some dedicated time for some longer ones. We want to find out what people really uh, get out of this profession, why they do it, and really what matters back in their home states and their home communities. So uh, when we come back from this break, we'll start with our first guest. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. Chris, why don't you introduce us to our first guest? I'm really pumped about this. Uh, we have Raymond Blakely, Director of Recruitment at the University of Texas at Austin and fellow board member, uh, board director for NACAC. Also, at this point, in my opinion, I hope he feels the same way. Very, very good friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. We're just going to talk about, you know, college admissions and college, and we'd love to hear what you've got to say. Sure. So maybe just tell us how you got your start in college admissions. Absolutely. I just, um, you know, my original thought was, um, well, let me start back. And when I was in undergrad, I um, was lucky enough to serve as student body president. And I started to kind of learn the inner workings of the university. And I liked how the university worked and you know there's really no programs for you to be in a university administrator there's right. no major mm-hmm. for that right so um, I put it in my head I was like you know what I'm gonna try and work in student activities and um, I planned many programs while I was an undergrad and I actually went to try to apply for a job in student activities did not get hired I mean I really I was a finalist I was like man I got this and did not get hired mm-hmm. so um, I decided um, that I would take a job in admissions um, as a GA until I found the next student activities job. And I ended up really, really loving admissions. And I have never left since. So that was 21 years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. It always, I always feel like people have those stories. Like maybe they were thinking one direction, but then they get into admissions. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, that's, oh, the, yeah. that's the place. That's, we've talked about that a lot, uh, it, just within NACAC. It's, yeah. it's not a career field that shows up when kids do a survey. Mm-hmm. On, you know, they want to be a taxi driver shows up. Right. Yeah. And a tool and die worker still shows up, even though it's not yeah. really that anymore. Yeah. But, but uh, somebody going into to higher ed 
admissions that it doesn't show up as like an aspirational career, mm-hmm. but people, people, lots of people do it, and right. it's 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 a really good way. Not only does it it doesn't show up, but do you know how long it took for me to explain to my parents, my grandmother, exactly what I do? Like, I'm not really sure that right now my grandma knows what I do. She right. would probably say <laughs> I work I work at the college in Texas, as if there's one college in Texas. Yes, and he's on staff. He's <laughs> on staff. <laughs> He's on staff at Texas. <laughs> in, in, Texas. in Texas. In Texas. At the college in Texas. Right. So, funny. So, well, so you've been around 20, 20 some years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, what we want to ask you, what do you think the biggest issues facing college admissions today yeah. are? Well, you know, it's, it's, always been, it's always been about access and, you know, it's becoming more and more of a, of a, a, a major um, hurdle for some institutions to 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 get through because um, I remember when I started off um, at um, I'll say Missouri State University. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's okay to say where I used to work. Oh yeah, of course. But um, but um, I feel like when I started working there, I was brought on the team to assist with diversity recruitment. Um, and obviously that wasn't my only task, but you know they wanted to make sure that they had that representation. It was something that schools were doing from an altruistic kind of standpoint, like, hey, we we know that we need to serve, but, you know, give better service uh, to all students within the state. And so let's make sure that we're doing this. And now what I've seen in my career is there's been a transition from that. This is a good thing to do to we have to do this to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now the rubber meets the road. And in fact, many of us were told that we had instructions, those of us that were doing multicultural recruitment, we're, we're told, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself in in that area because, you know, that could be where you go to die, right? That's mm-hmm. all you ever will be able to do. And now some of those same people that stuck with that, that's, that went in that spot, a lot of the friends and folks that I know, they're VPs of enrollment management, they're directors of admissions. The people who were experts Who were in... experts in multicultural recruitment and were brought on um, in an area, in a time when that was considered to be, you know, the job for a person of color. Um, oh, like, yeah, like one person on staff. One person on right. staff. Like, this is your, this is your job. This is your it, job. Clearly, yeah. this is your job is on your staff. Job. Now, yeah. now it is, gotcha. it is a matter of, of survival. Now, it's, so who, who can, who can help us? That guy <laughs> can yeah. help us survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So it's that's been kind of a, a definitely a change, in, and it's not just about the. Uh, the people of color. Um, rural students are also very underserved. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about some of the recent um, efforts that have been um, put into place throughout the country in, in going back. Because if you look at the two populations, the rural students and the inner city students, they're both, um, you know, they're, they're not these, uh, they're, they're the college going rates, the um, average ACT, SAT, you know, it's it's very similar. So we, we want to we need to um, continue to to do more outreach in those areas as well. We feel the same way. We have Appalachian yeah. areas all Absolutely. eastern all of eastern Kentucky, yeah. and in some ways western the far west. Far west. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know probably the number one topic that that kids bring up in my office, and the number one worry they have is paying for college. Yeah. So we know. Um, you remember that number? $1.5 trillion. There you go. $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. Yes. So what do you think can be done to help students finance college? Yeah. I mean, 
Student well, where do we debt, go? Student loan debt is surpassed <clears throat> credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And so you remember being in college and you see the little booths set up. You get a free T-shirt. You sign up for credit card. Mm-hmm. And a free hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you, then you, you know, maybe you got the credit card and you bought your buddy's tacos, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> maybe, right? um, the reality is, student loan debt is um, is is a major issue, and um, you know, as someone who you know, actually benefited from student loan debt, I mean, from student loans, not only benefit from student loan debt, but benefit from sure, student loans. Sure, yeah. Um, and I, I always tell families, this is good debt, obviously. So when you think about the different types of things you can borrow for right. um, and the depreciation value that, that takes place, this is something that will be with you forever. So there's that that communication and that that line of um, just helping people understand that. And there are people that really do not want to take out a student loan no matter what. And so I respect that as well. But what I'm seeing, and you're probably seeing this all over, is colleges are being more and more creative on how to um, not only serve the students that are, that are coming from uh, you know low AGI, low adjusted gross income mm-hmm. homes, but also working with that middle class, right? So that 65 AGI to 125 AGI or so that you don't get a lot of money. It's a kind of a squeeze. I think when you're outside, the, you're outside range. the Pell yeah, range. Yeah, outside the Pell range. But you can't simply write a check for college yeah. with that income. So there's a lot of schools, and you just see them popping up, uh, you know, these stories popping up all over where they're uh, doing things like guaranteeing full tuition to students that meet a certain threshold. I'm pretty proud to be, and again, this is not a commercial for UT, but I'm extremely proud of um, something that we've done called the Texas Advanced Commitment, where basically um, if a student um, makes up to 65, if the family, if the Justice Gross income is up to $65,000, we guarantee that we'll cover full tuition on the student, and they're Texas resident, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. And then beyond that, up to one hundred and twenty-five, um, they'll get additional money. We've got to um, do more and be more creative um, to um, help families afford, to be able to afford uh, post-secondary education. And it's not always about you know going to four-year schools. Some some folks are going to go different routes. I get that, but we got to make this affordable for people because. Um, you know, we, we really see the benefits of an educated society. We know th- what that is. So, yes, I mean, to go back to your question, um, student loan debt definitely is, is like a big, big 500-pound uh, gorilla. Mm-hmm. But we've got to help um, explain the families um, how this can be a tool, how to borrow smart and only borrow what they need. Right. Um, but then also on the college side, we've got to continue to be creative um, and, and redirect these funds that we're using to build. I'm not trying to diss any schools, but building buildings, facilities, or well, I understand the facilities are one thing, but you know, you got lots, you got some schools that put more money into their, into their athletic facilities than they do into, into we, serving we, we have an episode. We have an episode that. on that. <laughs> <about that. laughs> We do, yeah. Just about right. the, well, the amenities, the great arms race. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely. Just, and I understand there is a value in having a strong athletic program because it does assist with recruitment uh, across the board. But it always felt like mission and margin are two things that we have to just make sure that we're keeping in in concert with one another. The mission can't make the margin go down, and the margin can't be the leading force. And there's no mission, so they have to be like twins right. working hand in hand. 
I'm interested in the pressures in college admissions offices. Man. You know, at, like, no pressure. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what? Well, kind of, where like, did it like, come why, from? Yeah, like why? Yeah, where 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 did the pressure come from? Um, I mean, I kind of know just at least being involved with with NACAC and meeting yeah. meeting people on the college side. I know that you know simple phrases like colleges need need to meet their class, yeah. and but I would love a little more insight on sure. like why those pressures are there and what those pressures are. Yeah. Well, I guess the reality is we're basing our life, our our home, our cars on the decisions of eighteen year olds. And that, and that in and of itself is, is um, a great deal of pressure. You know, um, pressures are different for institutions. Some schools are trying to make their class. When you say make their class, that means so many, so much, that means different things for different institutions. So some are actually trying to hit a number. Some are trying to, um, you know, shape a class so that they are serving a certain area. Like, you know, for instance, you know, I'll give us, uh, I'll give you, um, us where we we have to have 90% of our students um, in our incoming freshman class must be Texas residents. So that is, is like that state a, law. That's a, that's a state law. State law. So okay. 10 per, so, only 10% can be out of state. Right. And so when you think about all of the different things that make up that formula that at the end of the day is an incoming freshman class, it can be it can be a, a great deal of pressure. Chris, you talk about all the time how you come to these conferences, and, or you see us, or we go, we at our board meetings, mm-hmm. and you see the college folks constantly oh, yeah. working. You're like, do you guys ever get a break? <laughs> I, I think sometimes I think I'm busy, yeah. and and these guys will these guys will have like, oh, I only have like 340 emails I haven't gotten to, and I'm like, well, my inbox is is you know it's 17, so I need to get to work. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, they it's 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 constant. They yeah. they'll have to jump out of the meeting to take a conference call because yeah. if their VP wants to have a conference call, yeah. it doesn't matter what, what you have going on. That's right. That's right. You're going to take a conference call. That's right. That's right. And, and, and so just the whole balancing act is, is something that, um, that can be stressful. But on the flip side, this community that we're part of, NACAC, yes. it provides a tremendous amount of care for what we do and, and the opportunity to come and chat with you gentlemen today. Um, this is a community that understands each other. We get each other yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we can back each other up. We can um, hold each other up when when we're down. And so, you know, NACAC is, is probably one of those things that that saved me from leaving the profession because wow. when I was three years Jeez. in, when I was three years in, um, I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this. And I went to a, um, an old professional development program. <clears throat> it's called Guiding Way to Inclusion now. Okay. But back in the day, it was called Councils of Color Workshop. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to that conference and I saw people like myself who were stressed out and who were from all over the country. And we really bonded. I think we, that was just, I remember that, that was in Tempe, Arizona. I think it was like 2002. Wow. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I think I could do this, mm-hmm. and and so that added probably an additional what eighteen years. Yeah, <laughs> and, look at, and look at you now, and look at me now, <laughs> serving three years on the NACAC board on of directors. The NACAC board. I, I was going to say the, being a guest on our podcast, with even the, even better, even better, even better, making it to get schooled by Reeves and Ford. You know, my whole career <laughs> is about getting on this podcast. So getting school really, I mean, you might as well retire at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, you've, you've accomplished there's, everything. There's, there's nowhere but down for me, for you, Raymond. So, so what do you think? What, what you've talked some about this, but yeah. what changes have you seen over your career as to just how the job yeah. has changed? Ed tech, you know, educational tech technology oh, is wow, yeah. is really a thing, and you know, you've got these businesses that have really um, come up to help us in this pursuit of that freshman class um, using technology. I just had a meeting this morning and it's like there are, there's a whole industry that's built around this um, for support of what we're trying to do. So, I mean, the thing that's changed is ed tech. So I remember printing, you may remember this too. I see a little gray in your beard. Yeah. Um, it's more than a little. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. I remember printing on green bar paper, like lists of students for me to call. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. I remember writing handwriting on us on a spiral notebook, you know, like, OK, I got to call this kid. This is a note from this kid. The whole idea of a CRM. Right. It, it didn't exist. And now if you don't have a CRM, it's kind of like, what are you doing? Right. right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously there's 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 a ton that is out there to help with this process. And so, you know, I think that's been the biggest change. And for those of us that want to stay in the business, we got to continue to be learners, we gotta mm-hmm. constantly be learning. But that's funny, because I can remember starting um, in our office when I started working with you, yeah. we still had paper FAFSAs, yeah. you know, and the paper, paper we had, I had paper common app. And paper oh, applications. Oh my gosh, I forgot we'd about mail, that. We'd mail, we'd mail, you copies of the common app. And these huge view books that just took up a room, you know, and now. I don't use any paper at all right, in my office. I, not at all. What, did, what about the maps? Like, I don't know, did you guys, you, you never worked in college, did you no. college mm-hmm. But we used to actually have maps to get to these schools. I don't know how we did it, but, you know, we used to, <laughs> we used to travel with actual big maps. I had this, I remember when the cell phone came out, I had this big brick oh, yeah. cell phone. Oh, yeah. The Zach Morris phone. The Zach Morris <laughs> yeah. phone. What is, what's your favorite part of this conference? We need to lighten this up a little. We're all serious yeah. all the time. What's, what's your favorite part of being here? Yeah. You know, most of my most of my recent memories have been, you know, with you guys on the board. Yeah. Um, I like yeah, that's all we have time it's for. It's kind of like a reunion. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a reunion. Yeah. I was just sitting in a restaurant, and I'm looking, and I see everybody that I know walking up and down the street. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so-and-so. You know a lot of people. And, and maybe I don't know them. I just know their faces. Yeah. And, or, you you know, you know, you see so many people, uh, and you see, it's like a, you know, kind of a, a reunion. Um, you know, I, I really think that I'm really excited about, too, the idea of broadening, um, not trying to get into some NACAC business, but the idea yeah. of bringing more members into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Chris. Uh, but more members into yeah. the fold because this this opportunity, I think more people need to get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, yeah. It's been an amazing experience. Yeah. I could, I don't. No one wants to listen to me go on, but I could go on <laughs> about about the board service and, yeah. and what that's what that's been. I'm I, even talking about the membership model, like in terms of and I know that's oh yeah, just, oh yeah, just that, exposing, just exposing more to the resources and potentially people yeah. that may be future board members. But the idea is just coming to a conference and meeting people who do what you do, who get you, right, means a lot to me. Yeah. Well, let's finish. Maybe well. Maybe with two questions. Okay. One, what do you see maybe are some key issues developing in the next few years as far as college admissions is concerned? Sure. Well, we've already covered the, the whole, you know, financial and affordability piece and, and access. Access. Right. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, you know, I mean, we don't need to repeat this. I thought people say this probably a thousand times a day if you work in college admissions, but we're going to be seeing a, um, a smaller um, graduating class. And, and that means, and that, means um, that we've got to find better ways to, to, you know, to engage students. And they're gonna, it, it, there's going to be a demographic shift as, shift as well, sure. which is already happening. So. Sure. And and what's coming up in yeah. the next? And so I answered the one, and and so the set you had a second question that you're going to ask. You said we're wrapping up with. Oh yeah, just why college is important. why college is important. I mean, it seems like such a basic question, but you know, it it, it really seems like a basic question, but it is something that we got to be ready to answer. You have to be ready to answer it as well. Uh, working on your side of the desk, um, I can just talk about my experience, and it's changed my life tremendously. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I know you've heard the whole first generation college student song, um, but I really, truly have been places that I would have never been. I've done things that I may have never done. And I can point to a co- I've met people and I can point to my college education as being um, being a conduit. In, in right. that. It's so transformative. I'm, it is very it is transformative. It is critical thinking skills. It is more of what we need. Um, I know that uh, we don't need to talk politics, but I'll say that we can all use some better critical thinking skills. We can all use Absolutely. some problem solving and being able to sit down and talk with one another. Well, and I can say, you know, I grew up in a, in a small town in Kentucky and I had two older brothers and they both went to college and uh, my dad was a butcher for Kroger for 40 plus years. Yeah. My mom was a school cook. Um, in our small town, going to college was never negotiable. Yeah, never. Um, right. It, it it was you are going to do this. Um, we're going to pay for it if you get a scholarship that would help us out. But this is a non-negotiable because yeah, we want more for you, you know, than than what they had. Yep. The speech I give students is you know, there's this talk like, okay, you go to college, you can be more successful, and I I've flip that and basically what I tell them, I think education is freedom. Mm. Just flat out freedom. So one, freedom, and I'll try to simplify it, but freedom to to get the career opportunity you want versus the job you need, job you have to have. So without education, your your choices are limited. And yeah, there's a a freedom in in having a a better paying job and something more satisfying in that that realm. There's freedom with that. what you're really seeking, and this is what, what I talked about this with kids who didn't want to go to college necessarily, yeah. or even even graduate high school. Those talks of, of kids with with issues like that, yeah. and I just I give the education is freedom speech. That's all right. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Raymond, Chris, thank you so much. My man Thanks. <laughs> well, we're just we're we're pleased you came down and. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, you guys are doing this, and I, I I really appreciate you taking your time and and you know putting this together because you're mm-hmm. providing a great resource for for families throughout the country. There's a T-shirt in this for you, and even the and boy, and, yes. and and just the fame that comes with it. <laughs> but but more importantly, that T-shirt. No more importantly. <laughs> so, so we're gonna take a break, and we'll come back with our next guest. Our next guest. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. We're ready for our next guest. Chris, why don't you give us an introduction? 
I'm actually really, really excited about this. I know I say that sometimes, but like I really mean it this time. Because <laughs> I have, we have, in our official studios, which is the hotel room we're staying in, Ethan Sawyer, the college essay guy. Uh, I have some things actually to tell him as, as he's talking, but welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm real excited to be here. Could you just give us some background on how you ended up at a at NACAC? Because you, your, your career didn't begin with college admissions. I know that and working mm-hmm. with kids. So if you could just fill us in a little bit on that. Sure. I mean, as a just to go back to like being a kid and being in high school myself, I was really into writing and I was really into theater and storytelling. And when I graduated college, I went to Northwestern and studied theater. I got a job, you know, basically a day job helping students work on their essays. I was teaching test prep at the time. And I just found that it was so fun to help a student figure out like, what's going on inside me? How do I take the, you know, chaos of my past and turn it into something that kind of makes sense? And that, just following that thread and going, hey, could I like do this more? <laughs> and trying sure. to figure out what that looked like. Yeah. And, um, you know, ended up getting a couple of different counseling certificates. And I was really interested in screenwriting after college, but that kind of fell away when I found just the joy, the, the, like the, the excitement of sitting with somebody in a room and, I mean, it's funny because now my friends who are like story producers and who made it in Hollywood, they're like, I think we're doing the same work. Because like my friend who works for like just at Chef's Table, she was talking about my work. She's like, I think we do the same thing because you're basically story producing. You're helping a student who's the director screenwriter talk about what is the, what do you got? What are you working with? And going, okay, well, we, you know, we, here's the genre, you know, right. <laughs> some sense mm-hmm. of what the, or the different genres, you know, here's how the challenges based story works and here's how structure goes. And so I, I think a lot of that studying screenwriting helped me, but just... The way that I've seen that this process can be empowering, it can be for some students really healing, is really what's got me still doing it, still energized and excited by it. And um, yeah, I now realize, like looking 15 years back, like I've dedicated like almost half of my life now to it. So it's kind of a trip to think about that. Yeah. So how often do you still get to work with students directly? Because I mean, you've 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 got your book, you've got your podcast. Yeah, I mean every week. Like it's it's still a big. See, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. still a big part of my life, and it's something that, you know, that I that I see myself doing at least for a few more years. Like I, I've got a team of folks that I work with who, you know, that I'm training up, and I, you know, train counselors and stuff because I really love to share the resources, and I feel like if I reach more counselors, then I can reach more students. Um, so I really am big on on that, on like teaching and stuff. But yeah, I love working with students, and I love trying to crack it trying to figure out what is the what's the thing here what do we what's the thing that really you know to, to use kind of my southern roots like what lights me up you know what really yeah, yeah. Know, gets me gets me going so i yeah working working with students i mean that's that's something that i think just keeps you grounded too as far as sure. uh, when i talk to kids well one you you know this ethan but i use your stuff i think people probably say that to you even that phrase <laughs> like i use your stuff like, oh, really? What? I love that phrase because I'm like, oh, do you? Yeah. Like, what, <laughs> what of I my didn't, stuff do you use? Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> even aware you were using my stuff. But I like check my bag. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I, I always felt like the hardest part, and I'll tell students this, you know, I can help you with all these details. That's, that's easy as far as even, even college lists and this and that. But the hardest part of college admissions is asking a 17 or 18-year-old student to, to reflect on who they are as people and how they got that way. And that's that's the challenge. Yeah. And working with working with the essays like you do primarily, it's it's finding that story, right. and how do you how do you do that? So you're here at NACAC, and what do you gain from being here? 
you're really good at what you do. You don't necessarily you know need need us, but but what do you gain from being here? Seeing you, like you know, and and our other colleagues, and just going like. Because it can be, even though it, it's like, yes, this is a profession where we're working with people all the time, it can feel lonely. You know, it can yeah. be sometimes isolating. And I think, you know, working in a school environment is different from working, quote unquote, on one's own. It can be like, sort of like, hey, is anybody else dealing with these, some of these same issues and some of these same problems? And so just to hear folks share about, yeah, here are the problems that we're dealing with is really, I find, um, really affirming. And, and I go, oh, okay, someone else is, is trying to crack that too. Hey, maybe we should talk and just like, you know just jam on what, what ideas can we come up with together? So there's that. I, I love, I still love seeing what are some of the new like software and the new technology that's coming up because mm-hmm. it gives me a sense of like how things are changing so fast. And so it's a weird geeky thing, but I love to walk the exhibitor hall and see like, how are folks making sense of like college tours now? And how are folks making sense of like, even how they capture information? I'm really fascinated by how there's an interesting movie on Netflix right now called the great hack. Okay. That's mm-hmm. about Cambridge Analytica and their impact on the last election and thinking about technology and how, you know, our information is being captured. And I'm not one of those sort of like, be careful, you know, everything's, you know, and you got to get off of every social media. Thing. Right, right. Yeah. Um, there's a value. There's a, there is a value to it, but I am interested in what are those ways that students are being tracked. And so that's, here's a place where I feel like I can talk to some folks about that. Um, but I still love going to sessions. I still love learning from folks and hearing you know, capturing a little wisdom. I take, I'm a big note taker. And so I love to take notes and, um, and it's fun to meet people. Like you said, you know, I use your stuff. It's fun to like meet folks who say, Oh, I, yeah, I use such and such resource. And I, and I want to know, well, what specific thing did you use? And like, how did that go for you? Because I know that there are still, there's still things that I want to create and how to, and how can I better help facilitate those connections between counselor and student? Cause if I had to like really encapsulate what I'm here for and like what I hope to give, it's like, how can I help facilitate one-on-one and sometimes group, but usually one-on-one interactions between two humans about something that is meaningful to them. My, um, my, my, my therapist, I started seeing a therapist last year, which is awesome. I totally recommend it. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But he said to me, he defined, he asked me to define intimacy. And I said, well, and I tried to define it as best I could. And then he said, you know, I have a definition. I was like, I'd love to hear it. He said, so intimacy for me is someone else having feelings about your feelings. In other words, here's a thing that I'm wrestling with and I'm struggling with, and there's somebody who's willing to look across the table from me or whatever and say, you know what, that that matters. Do you want me, can I give you an example of just something that happened yesterday where where I can totally understand what you're saying with that. uh, Five, six of us are rolling off the board of directors this year. And we do this little event where uh, all the other people on the board just kind of make comments to you and say things to you about what you meant to them over the time on the board. But I, I teared up watching um, Raymond hear about him. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like feeling the things he was feeling. And then if I see, if when, when, when I see him become emotional about it, it's just, wow. Yeah. So that's intimacy. I think so. And when yeah. I, when I think about situations yeah. that I've been in with, in the one-on-one environment with students or after like, let's say a three-day essay workshop and students will just go around and share their stories. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that happens and the way that that can bond a group of 12 students or 20, whoever it is with, with adults who've been getting in there with them and their stories, like you, to me, you can't beat that. Like that's the, that's the water I want to be in, you know? So no doubt. So do you, I'm curious, do you think that the students' stories have changed over time or there's still some commonalities that, 
I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's me. I mean, I think we're still, as humans, dealing with some of the th- same stuff. I mean, it, mm-hmm. some of the, some of the things, none of the details may change in terms of, well, you know what, that's, I'll, I'll say one thing I think that's changed. I think that mental health has, I've seen an upsurge in that, right. uh, of students writing about, mm-hmm. about anxiety in mm-hmm. particular. Um, and and the, the sad thing about, like, the reason, the second reason to not write about mental health, one, you know, in some cases, it can be tricky to write about it well, and sometimes colleges, it kind of raises a red flag for them, and they wonder, you know, do we have the resources? Is this person stable enough to right. be here? Do we have the resources? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you get kind of moved off the conveyor belt and onto another conveyor belt, and you, you need to go to this office and make sure that, but the, the second reason that it's become is now, unfortunately, it's just become such a common topic. Mm-hmm. But I'll, tell, I'll actually use that argument now and say to students, I don't know if I'd address this because so many students are writing right. about this. Wow. So that's, that's the one thing that I think I've seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, students are still writing about football and writing about, you know, mission trip. And, <laughs> you, know. you know what I've stopped doing? I've stopped basically putting something off limits. Yeah, we, 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 we just have the talk. That it needs to be better. It needs to be good. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be better. Yeah. Because I've read really good ACL injury essays. Right. I've read Will really good. you send good. me one? I'd love to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I may have one saved. Okay. Uh, a really good mission trip stuff. Yeah. And because those things are meaningful and it's probably the biggest thing that's ever happened. To those, to those students. I try to, like you, I try to yes and them, you know? Like, yeah, that's, that's a good one. And let me tell you about, in the spectrum of this whole thing, one of the things that I can help you do is give you a sense of what are the other things students, and I'll encourage them to brainstorm the cliche version of their essay, right? So this is like- Oh, that's fun. The common connections, like, okay, so you write a football essay, I pull out my menu of values, and I'm like, so what is the usual football essay going mm-hmm. about? And it's going to be hard work, discipline, perseverance, teamwork makes the dream work, getting up at two a days, you know, Yeah. and you'll, you know, so then once they've got that, they'll kind of, yeah, yeah. And then I go, okay, so what's an uncommon connection we could make? Look at this Mm -hmm. list of values and let's pick, let's pick one. Let's just find one thing that you could connect to football. Now we're going to have to think, I tell them, and it's not easy. And and for students to like have that moment of like, oh, I think that sets them apart and it can set them apart because if they can find three or four of those uncommon connections, suddenly we've, what I like to say is better ingredients, better pizza, right? Oh, yes, (laughs) yes it is. And students think that their topic, you know, to quote Papa John's, right? That's actually very appropriate for Louisville. Is it? Yeah. Is it big Papa John's? (laughs) It's it's the headquarters. Oh, is it? Yeah. (laughs) Well played, Ethan. Well played. (laughs) Nice. But I tell them like, you know, students think that their topic is football or they think it's the ACL injury. But I tell them, your topic's not your topic, right? Your topic yeah. is you, and you're using this thing to get into like other parts of you. And if you start writing it without all your ingredients, and what I tell them is like, your ingredients are these connections that you're making, yeah. right? And if you're making these uncommon connections, so then we've up-leveled our ingredients, we're going to have a better pizza as we go into the, into the, into the, as we yeah. put it into the oven. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, like I said, I use your stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and it is more than just stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a way to approach kids and a way to approach how they think about themselves and how they write about themselves. Right. Um, what do you love about it? What do you all love about the essay? Or do you love it? I know you love I, it. I love when I'm working with a kid and I just stop and say, that's your essay. Yeah. That's your story. You, you need to tell that story. But I wrote about this last year. No, this, this is your story because I think that this is what defines you a whole lot more. And when, I, when we find that moment with a kid, it's... It's just, it's, it, it, it works. It's great. Talk to me about that moment. I know, I'm sorry, I'm flipping it for just a second. But <laughs> in, in like to me, that seems like a, a tricky moment. Because mm-hmm. in some sense, like who are we to say 
Yeah, sure. That's your story. And yet, there is some value in having someone from the outside say, hey, that's a story worth telling. Like, but, Well, in, in my experience, most of my kids will come in and they don't think they even have a story. Right. They're just, oh, yeah. just an average kid yeah. from suburbia. You know, I don't really have anything to tell. My life is not very exciting. <clears throat> right. And, and, and being able to talk with them about, you know, it, it, you do have things that are, are important mm-hmm. to tell. And you may not realize it yet, but, um, you know, let's, let's try and dig in and, and, and see that and make you that, that point where they realize maybe I'm not just an average kid from suburbia. Yeah. You know, I, that's, that's a good moment. Yeah. I don't think I'm afraid to, to, I mean, they know that in some ways I'm the college expert in the room right? and and they are writing a college essay still. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, I'm not telling them which novel to write about their life. I'm suggesting that this essay is your your story that I think would work. Yeah, it's going to maybe help them do it. Yeah, me. yeah. The thing that I'm hearing you say that I'm really into is like, there's a there's a what I one thing I learned from narrative therapy, uh, just a little gem from that was like talking about helping a client. We got the vacuum going in the back. Oh, yeah. it's off. It's just yeah. Nice to turn yeah. Oh, okay, and back. We're good. Um, but is is like this phrase of like thickening the marginalized story, and so that phrase just to break it down, like the marginalized story might be like, I have, I am worthy, mm-hmm. or I have something worth talking about, or I'm smart, or right, one of those, mm-hmm. any one of these things, and to like help students thicken that, and to like, and one of the ways that narrative therapy does this is just by having them tell the story again and again of the things that are worthwhile, mm-hmm. and I've seen that in our work. That this is what I meant by the healing parts of it, like. If a student spends five or six drafts talking about how worthwhile they are and focusing on those things, like I gotta believe that's doing a thing inside. Mm-hmm. I, I I completely agree you with know? that. It's it's. Well, I think they they think they have to have some groundbreaking, earth shattering mm-hmm. event, right, to, right, right. To, for oh. it for it to be a good asset. That's such a trap, right? You know, and so it's nice to be able to share that with them. That you know, the moment doesn't have to be big. Mm-hmm. I will I will ask students a lot of times, can I use you as an example and then the year or so is later mm-hmm. right? i'll say you know you guys all know so and so um and who maybe he was a cancer survivor i have a kid who wrote a really nice essay last year um in fact the it, it's really good because the essay is simply about not wanting to be the kid with who's a cancer survivor mm-hmm. he wanted to be just the kid right and not the kid who survived cancer but then i, I now use that to share with students you know you, he, he, no one wants to go through this, but his essay was pretty predetermined mm-hmm. if he chose to write about that. And not every, not every one of you will have something in your life that's like automatic. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a whole family uh, in, in, our, in our district who are adopted, uh, several of the children were adopted from the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So not all of you, you know, are, are adopted kids who just kind of have this journey right. that's, that's set up for you to write about if you choose. Uh, but if they, I don't know, if they think and they, and they work, um, they, they all do have something to share mm-hmm. and something to mm-hmm. tell. But that's why I say that's the hardest part of college admissions sometimes. Which part? <laughs> to just to, to, to find that story and tell that story and, and to reflect on, because, you know, their lives happen to them. You don't sit around thinking, I'm going to try to gain this, right. you know, trait. I'm going to try to get, be more responsible. I'm going to try to be more resilient. No one, right. they just become that. So they don't know how they got there yet. Yeah, they don't they know. Just that, think that's normal. Yeah, right. yeah, they just think that's normal. Yeah. So to help them understand that, like, how did that happen to me? Right. How did that journey? And we're asking 17, 18 year olds to figure that out 
when they've never really been asked. I was going to say many times for the first time. Yeah. Right. Like, well, I, I don't know. This is just how I wake up every day. And then I, you know, I, get, I feed my siblings breakfast. And then I, then I drive them to their school. And then I go to school and do my thing. And then I work after school. And then I make them dinner. And what, my every, parents get home at 9 o'clock. Every kid doesn't do that? What? Yeah. It's this is the water I'm swimming in, right? Like, yeah. That joke about you know the water's warm today, one fish to the other, and the other one says, "What water?" You know. Right. And I think part of our job is to go like, "Well, we're in the ocean right now, but like, you came from the stream. It was like a different stream than the one I came from. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like yeah. in your stream? <laughs> you know. Right. And then you, there, I noticed you mentioned that you did, you went through this other stream. Like that, that seems pretty interesting. Like, tell me about that. And you know, granted, sometimes it's not that interesting. And there's a kind of like sifting process. And I think part of what what I'm hearing, what you're saying is like the job of a counselor is to go, oh, this is like following, we call it following aliveness. Like, you know, I, I, that, that seems interesting, like following aliveness and going, tell me more about that because that's different from my experience. Right. And just yesing that, affirming mm-hmm. that. I think that, I, I like to believe that that goes beyond getting into college. And I tell folks that like, yeah, I wouldn't be doing this if it was just about getting into college. Like that's just... Right. You know, I don't know what where that lands on the priorities list, but it's it's certainly not number one for me. No, and that I want to shift gears slightly, but this is kind of a decent segue into a lot of people who might listen to us uh, that aren't in the profession don't really know what uh, an ind- independent educational consultant would be, or what an IEC is. Mm-hmm. So, if, if it's okay, would you just talk for a second on what that what that means? Because I'm a school counselor, he's a school counselor, yeah. but there are other counselors out there. Totally, yeah. So there there's you know, school counselors are are sometimes overwhelmed by, you know, giant caseloads. How yes, many Joel, you your caseload? My, I'm okay. I don't even want to. I don't, I'm too embarrassed to share. As a public school counselor, my situation is so so good yeah. that uh, we'll let Joel share. No, I, we'll leave it on. <laughs> it's we'll, high. We'll Joel's got on. a high caseload. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the, in, in California, it's, I don't know what the latest number is, but it's something like 800 to 1. I was going to say, it's yeah. even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. It? So it's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, there are folks who have spent time in some cases in the high school setting or they've worked in the private, you know, private school setting or they've worked in the admissions side and they've decided, yeah. hey, I'm gonna, you know, go independent and work with students one on one to help guide them through this process. And, you know, folks work at all sometimes there's the assumption that they're working, you know, only with the very wealthy folks who can afford it. But right. most in fact, I would say pretty much all I call my IDCs, independent consultants, work on a sliding scale to some extent. Which sure. is to say they're they're working with some number of students pro bono or at a reduced rate, and and I think there's a real need for it. I mean, I think as this process has become more complex in some ways and more competitive, you know, folks are looking for support. And so, some of the ways that one of the ways that just to talk a little bit about actually, I want to make a pitch for something. Yeah, so I have this please do. Program for students, and this is for students all over the world who are looking for extra support. I've basically put the word out to a group of a lot of them are IECs and said, hey, would any counselor be willing to just donate a little bit of their time to work with students who either their counselors overworked or in some cases just don't have a counselor because some schools, you know, there right, are right. some students out there that just don't have counselors or maybe they're the, they're the, there's a kid I was talking to from Ethiopia. He's like, I'm the first student to apply to the U.S. from my region. Mm-hmm. So we have this program called the Matchlighters program that basically uh, offers four hours, at least four hours of one-on-one essay help and two hours of college list development help to students who, who can't afford it. And so it's an example of how IECs are working hard to, and we've got like 200 counselors signed up. And we have That's amazing. On Just, I mean, if people want to do good work. People want to help. They want to help. IECs get a bad rap sometimes. I think sometimes, yeah. Um, and, and the truth is, 
there's not a whole lot of difference in someone like me who wants to help kids and someone like you who wants to help kids if you want to boil it down to something that simple. Well, and I'm glad it looks like NACAC this year like got on board with, you know, in, the, in years past, I think there had been like different colors for different kinds of counselors. But I think that there's like this year, there's a move to like, is that? I can tell you, right? Ethan, and I'm happy that you asked that. You can share it with other IECs. Uh, that was actually an intentional conversation within yeah. the board of directors. Uh, we wanted to have the same status. So what listeners can't see this, but we have badges at this conference and they're different colors. And IECs were always given yellow colored badges and high school counselors were always given red colored badges. And the people with the red colored badges were simply treated better and invited to more things. High school counselors are like royalty at NACAC. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're a public Thank school you counselor. Your, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Right. But this year... But maybe, I, it's more like, maybe it's more like military. It's more like military, right? It's like, yeah. thank you for your service because you're on the front lines, you know. With, That's right. You know, with some of the toughest yeah. problems. So. Yeah. We had a, a very intentional conversations. Uh, upcoming with even uh, NACAC membership dues, we've, we've talked about just having the same cost for an IEC yeah. as a as a school counselor. Yeah. And that's because that matters when there is value assigned to what you're charging someone right. to belong to an association. Um, no, we're, we're trying to bridge a lot of gaps in the board yeah, of directors, and, and this cool, was one of them. The cool thing it does is that you look around the room and you're like, oh, a bunch of red badges. These are people who are doing what I'm doing. And when it's like a bunch of numbers, it's sort of like sort of split us up in these ways of like, well, how are we different? What's why, what, what, gives, what makes you that color versus this color? It makes so, me really happy you noticed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I'm hoping well, that you and another IECs noticed and are talking about it. I think so, because it was something that came up in the, I went to the IEC's, you know, SIG group, especially oh, yeah. because that's okay. redundant, but this, that's like ATM machine, <laughs> special <laughs> interest group. And that was a big thing that folks were fired up about. So I think it's super cool. cool. Uh, because I do think we're doing the same work. I mean, when I talk to you, I mean, it's like, Here's a kid in front of me who's trying to solve this problem. Like I, lean, I lean on you. I mean, I <laughs> to send you send you questions and and using your stuff. Um, you know, we don't want to. We, we could talk all day, and we would, we don't want to do that to, to everyone listening. But I would like you to talk about your new book you're working on. Oh, yeah. If that's something you'd like to talk about before Thanks, we yeah. before we go. And yeah, and I appreciate your contributions to it. So basically, we um the last three years. So the the session I'm presenting tomorrow is. Uh, basically the culmination of three years spent doing a podcast and meeting amazing folks and sort of calling together and putting together resources on all parts of the application process. So my first book, which was College Essay Essentials, was on the personal statement. This is basically on everything else when it, that it comes to the application process. Right. Now, the word essentials kind of sends a heads up. This is not going to be absolutely everything, but this is going to be as best as I could figure out the here are the, the things that you would need to do and the resources you would need and, and pointing folks to where to find more on getting through this process. And it, I, my, the first draft was, I was like, this has taken a long time. I don't recommend folks in general write a second book. The first <laughs> book is fun, but the second book is like, oh, I guess it's like releasing a second album. It's just, it just feels different somehow. But I looked, the reason, part of why I looked is that it's 476 pages. You know, the first book was like 200. Oh, yeah. And my editor's like, whoa, we got to cut about, mm. I was like, how much? He's 100? Like, 150. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> so in about three days, we just chopped 150 pages out. Oh, of it. He's like, this is essentials. It needs to be shorter or, you know, than other books on this because we really need to get out of the essentials. And I was like, okay. It really put me... <laughs> Can we just change the title? <laughs> <laughs> that would well, be easier. There's a great book out there about called College Admission that I, yeah. I think is awesome. And it's really informational. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what are the pieces in this that are going to really 
be about doing the thing and going through the active process. And for me, it all comes back to values. What are my values? How are they manifesting in my life? And how can I manifest those on the application in, you know, whether, whether it's 150 character blank for the activities yes. list or a 650 word essay. So it's the most succinct version of it that I could figure out, you know, right. together with a bunch of, I think we got more than like 50 folks to contribute, like different admissions professionals. And it's- What's it do to be released? We have advanced reader copies here. Um, I'm gonna go downstairs right now and see my first copy. Awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, it, we're like, it's a soft release here at NACAC, and then, you know, I, I think it's released July 2020. That's really, really so, cool. Thanks for asking. Uh, one quick funny story for you. This yeah. is very recent, and, and I dabble in IEC work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much full-time stuff I'll end up doing someday. Maybe, maybe I'll just be in IEC mm-hmm. and, and get to do these things uh, just with various kids from different schools. But I'm working with one right now, mm-hmm. uh, and he was doing a really good job on his work and he you know would send a draft through google docs and i would look at it we met face to face a couple of times i'm like man you're i got you're knocking this out you're doing you're doing awesome well, you know how did you how did you come about this mm. uh this good work he said well you know he's just uh you know a college essay guy stuff um <laughs> so you know, he found you online probably uh, cool. some of your work and your website and videos things like that but uh he was just, he just did that by himself That's awesome. using also, also using your stuff, but his, but he, his drafts were great. Awesome. And I want folks, I want students to know that, that like, yeah. if you're motivated and you can, you're willing to do the work, like the resources, you know, I, I mean like 90, well not 90%, but like 60% of my time, I'm trying to figure out how do I put those resources out there for those students who are willing to just go out and do some research and do it. And then if you've got somebody that you can work with bonus, right. But you can do this, you know, right. that's, I think that's kind of like my the core thing about my whole thing, because I really want I'm about access and equity and about how do we make sure that all students get this access. And even though not every student can afford to, you know, work with an IDC, again, I just want to like, I, this is an right. important message. But, is but that he was able to get online for free. There are online resources for free. I'm spending a lot of my time trying to create them and, and bring in more. And there are folks out there who you just have to ask them, you know, you just have to ask for that help. And that, that sometimes is a barrier for for folks because it's vulnerable to ask for help but yeah. i just want to encourage students to like reach out those resources are there cool thank you uh, so much i'm going to sound like a little bit of a fanboy. i'm yeah. really disappointed in myself that i left your book in my office and couldn't couldn't bring it down and maybe get a signature <laughs> it's too, so, too late that's too late now well here's the right. secret when is this going to be released is this after NACAC? yes okay. yeah after NACAC. so I'm, I'm so at my session i'm going to give away 500 copies of it um so if you end up being around I'm going to give out, and you know what, I'll just, I'll just save some and give you, because I'd love for you to like take them back and give them out to students. All right. So I'm just going to absolutely hundred percent give you a bunch, but it's going to be like kind of a end of session moment where we're going to go, Hey, you know, boom. And we're going to have, you get a book, you get a book. Yeah. Is your, is your session on Saturday? It's on Friday. Good. I have assembly on Saturday. Just, you can skip the session and just come to the end. There's actually some new fun stuff. So maybe I won't skip it, Ethan. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll (laughs) attend your session. That would be awesome. Yeah. I would be honored. Thank you for being on the podcast. We'll be, we'll be back with more. Uh, we have some shorter interviews with people we just uh, kind of met in the hall. So we'll be back in just a second. Welcome back to our next segment here on Get Schooled by Reason Forward, live, sort of, from the NACAC conference in Louisville. 
Chris, why don't you introduce us to our next guest? Derek DuBose, fellow board director, and what's your title, Derek? Senior Associate Director of Admission at the University of Southern California. University of Southern California. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. So this is why we pull in our friends. We, uh, it's going to be very difficult to get you uh, to Beachwood uh -oh. to sit in our <laughs> podcast, but we can, we can find you at the National Conference. Get me here. <laughs> yeah. So how did, you, how did you get into college admissions? Yeah, well, for me, it was not ironic from how it was for so many other folks. I was a student ambassador at the University of Toledo and tour guide, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, I see all these counselors coming to office getting brand new cars every week. I'm like, that's a pretty cool gig. <laughs> I thought it was the most glamorous job in the world. They're staying in hotels all over the country. I later realized it wasn't that glamorous, but it really um, <laughs> kicked things off for realizing there could be a career, and there is a profession called college admission. Right. And so I had right. the opportunity to connect with lots of students and families as an ambassador, and then kind of just naturally progress from there, and it's been a great ride and a wonderful career. It, yeah, it's, um, I bet the, the, the travel piece is probably really exciting, like, at first. The allure of the road warrior. The allure of the road warrior, but then after about a month. It's, you're, it's, it's why it gets like yeah. really, really tough. Oh, yeah. For the first few years, it's like, oh, it's great. Like every week you're gone for like, you know, every year you're gone for like eight weeks at a time. And then after a while you're like, okay, we can calm it down. So I'm lucky now where I still travel, but it's more so to do special events and meet with students and families around the country. But I'm not gone for eight weeks at a time anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think are some, some issues facing the profession right now? There's so many issues facing our profession. I mean, I think... Um, folks are hearing a little bit about some of the Department of Justice stuff, and that's a whole other issue. Right. But I think just in our own communities, some um, access opportunities cool. for students, some um, first-gen um, experiences. And one of the great things I'm starting to see is the data shows us there's fewer first-gen students in our country, which is great. I mean, the college mm -hmm. culture is increasing. Oh, yeah, but there's, good, point. But there's, good point. But there's still such a great need and desire to make sure we're out there educating folks about these opportunities and that college education does exist. It is obtainable and you can have a great experience wherever um, you decide to go to school. Um, another piece I think is just mentorship. Um, helping folks really to figure out Okay. What is it do I want to do? What are my passions in life? And that we have the right folks out there to help guide and mentor both students and professionals. Is that one of the things you like about your job so much, just connecting with the students and, and parents? I love it. That's my favorite part. I remember I actually left college admissions for a while to do something else in higher education and quickly realized I miss students and families. I miss talking about a higher education experience and what a university experience looks like and just talking about my own undergrad experience as a student and um and that was my passion i love doing that and it really helped me return back to this profession years ago that's awesome so maybe what's one just one piece of advice you could give a high school student that's starting this process a high school student that's starting this process i'll be honest with you stay open um i think sometimes it's easy to think we know it all or you know you have folks in your life that are saying these are the schools that you should be applying to or here's the list of schools that you should look at there's so many great places all over the country and really the, the globe um, for that matter. So this, to be open to the opportunity and the experience, if you have the opportunity to do a visit, do it. If it's um, an overnight program, they're gonna fly you out for it, do it. Um, don't be afraid of the journey. So that's my advice. That's awesome, yeah. So we're excited that the conference is in our home state. Yeah, welcome um, to Kentucky. Welcome, to it's, Kentucky. welcome back to Kentucky. It's great to be back um, in Kentucky, as I call it, Tucky. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking forward to in this conference? The people. Um, that's the best part. I mean, there's so many amazing folks in this profession, school counselors, admission folks, 
it's just it's, it's a family reunion, and it's always great to see everyone. So that's what I'm looking forward. That's to. funny. That's this, the second you are time. Two out of, we're two for two okay. on this. Feels like a family, family reunion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It is awesome. That's thank you so much for for being with us. I look forward to to finalizing uh, our our board work this yes. week. Hopefully, everything <laughs> goes well. And it's been a pleasure to to work with you, get to know you. I still say Derek, when he worked at Ohio State, was the only the only Ohio State person to come to my school in person and, and work and work with my kids. So I always appreciate that. Thank you, you know that. It was great to come and visit. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. And Take we'll care. be back uh, with more with more people. More people. That's awesome. Here we are on the main floor here at the Kentucky International Convention Center. We're at the information desk and we want to spend a minute talking to a school counselor from Louisville Mail High School and Kentucky ACAC president-elect Jasmine Drinkard. Hey, Jas glad to be here. How excited are you that the conference is here this year? I am so excited, so excited and busy. There's a lot of traffic here on the main hall. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Tell us what you love most about being a school counselor. What I love the most probably about being a school counselor is being able to work with kids and change the trajectory of their lives during transition. I would say that is probably the most exciting thing about my job. I'd, I'd agree. I mean, we're all public school counselors, so. So, yeah, we, 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 we talked about it earlier in the podcast, just how transformative education is yeah. and, and being part of, of helping change kids' lives. Yeah. It's amazing. What are you looking forward to out of this conference? I'm really looking forward to tomorrow, the counselor preview day. Um, a lot of counselors from my district, JCPS, will be represented. Um, and there's a lot of um, sessions that I'm signed up for specifically for equity. So I'm going to attend a lot of those because one of the big pushes in our district right now is equity. Every school has a school equity plan. Okay. Uh, for my school specifically, it's to increase the enrollment of minority students in AP and AP. higher level courses. Mm -hmm. yep. And then in College Board has already looked at themselves and made some changes to align right. with that. And then, um, and then also decrease suspensions like behavior. Um, really the suspensions right so not criminalizing student behavior you know but working in a different way yes. to motivate students so yes. that they don't misbehave even and if you have plans for future and they have right. a desire to to, to do something different and right. be something different right. then because it all the, goes together yes and the biggest issue with suspension is when they're suspended they miss instruction, they miss instruction. when they miss instruction so. it impacts their gpa which then impacts their access to opportunities. It's all exactly. a big snowball. Yes, yes. it is. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I'm thinking after having a couple of interviews, access is going to be one of the key. Yes. Well, it's come up in three out of three it's interviews. Three out of three interviews. It's going to be one of the key issues yeah. that we talk about this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, it's awesome to be at the national conference, especially in Kentucky. Here in the Ville. Thank yeah. you for interviewing with us and talking Thank to us. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, we're here with President-elect Jane Fonash. Jane, how excited are you to be back here in Kentucky? This is my sixth trip to Kentucky. I haven't been here for two years, so I'm really anxious to be back. First time back as a Kentucky Colonel. Oh, yeah. 
All right. And happy to be at NACAC with all my colleagues. There are plenty of things to learn and people to meet. So I'm thrilled to be here for a couple of days. I'm looking forward to making more new friends and making new colleagues. And I hope everyone else has a great experience at the conference. We are happy you're in Kentucky. I am you're, too. You're always welcome. It's my second home. All right, we're here in the exhibitor hall. We ran into an old friend of ours that left Kentucky. Great friend. But uh, senior slate strategist, Jeremiah Tudor. That sounds important. It does sound important. Sounds <laughs> really important, actually. Um, welcome back to Kentucky. Thank you. Thank what, you. What are you looking forward to in this conference? Oh, well, reconnecting, because I haven't, have not seen my KYACAC friends in a while. So it was so nice running into you two. Uh, I'm also uh, looking forward to meeting meeting new people. That's the best thing about this conference every year is meeting and networking with new uh, new people in higher ed as well as in uh, on the high school level. Um, I mean, my main thing is that I work for a company called Underscore, who helps colleges who uh, utilize Technolution's Slate CRM um, primarily for schools who just uh, either don't have the resources or time uh, to build out their instance. I uh, I help them do that. Um, uh, help strategize and, and work through several different um, uh, different things that they they need, um, and we do it specifically in their instances as well. So, Tom, I'm I'm looking forward to making those new connections as well as reconnecting with uh, with my friends. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. We are excited. We're here with Ken Red, another fellow board director, but a senior director of research at NACUBO, the National Association of College and University Business Officers. Uh, Ken is an appointed member to the board, and I'm always interested to hear what people who hadn't been to these conferences before would, would think about it. And what what uh, so Ken, what do you think about the conference, and what do you hope to gain? Oh wow! Well, so my my first full NECAC conference. And uh, it's huge, first off. I mean, there's so many sessions, so many uh, people attending. Uh, 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 probably one of the biggest conferences I've ever attended. And, uh, it's huge. I, I, it is <laughs> huge, yeah. But I, I, I like the diversity of section, sessions. I, I, you know, uh, more than just admissions, uh, uh, talking about uh, diversity strategies for increasing campus yep. uh, enrollment and diversity within enrollment and uh, you know, that student focus, I think it, it's great. And, so getting more of that, I think, will be helpful. And, of course, the membership meeting and, uh, y y you know, Chris, being a fellow board member. The, All the business. The, the GOJ and other, other things as well that uh, hopefully will go, will go well. But uh, I, I, so far, it's, it's been a great experience. Have you been to Kentucky before? Uh, my second trip to Kentucky. Okay. Uh, I was here about 10 years ago for uh, another conference, much smaller, uh, the conference I went to before had a, uh, roughly a thousand people, and what we have like eight, eight to nine thousand in this <laughs> So, so uh, much bigger. But, uh, but uh, Louisville, uh, uh, a good place. Uh, uh, my first time here, I got to see all the tourist sites. So, uh, 
now you're, time. Now, now you're working. Now I'm working. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you know, Chris, as board members, we're pretty tightly scheduled. So yes, we are. Lots of meetings and, of course, the general sessions and right. everything. But uh, it's been a great experience. Thanks for letting us interview you. Welcome back to Kentucky, and uh, I'll see. I'll see you soon at our, uh, our at our work. Well, look forward to it. So we're here with Stephanie Niles, president of NACAC. It's really cool that we can walk around and track down the presidential. That's pretty good. We're making it. We're ma <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Get School Podcast. We just uh, want to ask you what you're hoping to get out of the conference and you know, if you're excited to be here and, and why. Oh gosh, I'm very excited to be here. NACAC is always a fantastic time. Just looking around where we're standing right now, so many people connecting with each other, reconnecting with each other beginning new relationships, meeting old friends. It's just a wonderful time for us to come together professionally and personally to talk about what we do, how we serve students, how we help families, and how we can collectively make a difference within this profession. Are you a professional podcaster? Because this is another episode you've been on. You really know how to say things. I'm really, really impressed. You're very articulate, well, uh, Ms. Niles. You. Thank you. So what do, you, what do you think are maybe one or two issues that are, are facing our profession right now? Just one or two? Uh, so. you know. <laughs> Your favorite two. Your favorite two. <laughs> this has been quite the year, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. with Varsity Blues, with the pending decision from the Harvard Affirmative Action case, with now the U.S. Department of, Injust the Department of Justice investigation of the CEPP, there's so many issues that we're facing, and that's on a high level, right? I mean, institutionally and individually, we are dealing with you know, rising discount rates, with changing demographics, with an increasingly diverse population, and how best to serve all of our students as they navigate this process. I'll tell you, there's a lot of things that keep me up at night, but it is having the opportunity to come to a place like this where I can network with other professionals, I can learn from those who are doing really good work, where we can talk about all of these issues and how they're impacting us, I would encourage everyone to take advantage of this time here because those issues are real, they're now, they're relevant, but this is where we can have good conversations and try and work towards resolution and solutions. Yeah, that really makes me think of you, if we're talking about professionals just out, hopefully listening to this podcast, it, it shows that a conference like this and being involved is even more important now than ever because if we're going to deal with all of these issues that we talk about, how do you do that without community, without supporting each right. other? I think we sit on our campuses and our offices and we can feel alone. We sit in our offices right. on, you know, in schools and we think we're the only one with students who are going through these issues or on our campuses, we're the only ones who are dealing with challenging budgets and, you know, uh, revenue issues and, and we know we're not when we're here and having conversations with the, the good people around us. We know that we are part of a community that is challenged, but again, collectively, we can help to make a difference. You are a very busy person at the National Conference. <laughs> I, so I, I have one quick oh, question. Oh, oh, okay. What are you enjoying most so far about Kentucky and about Louisville? I haven't, unfortunately, had a whole lot of time yet to enjoy a lot of Kentucky and Louisville, but I will say that the um, 
think it was, the hotel delivered a nice bottle of bourbon to my room. Nice. One of my colleagues who knows bourbon much better than I do has, has assured me that it is a fine sample. So perhaps with colleagues and friends, I can have a moment later to enjoy that. Perhaps Saturday night. As you should. As, <laughs> definitely Saturday night, as you should. But so far, good food. The area in which the convention center is located is teeming with people. Lots of fun. There seems to be music all around. So I'm excited for the next few evenings to be able to get out and enjoy it. Well, thanks for, thanks for helping us out and interviewing with us. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for finding me. Welcome back to Get Schooled by Reeves and Ford. My goodness. We met a lot of good people in the last couple of days. Yeah, I think one of the things that we wanted to really kind of talk about here as we wrap up is that not everyone listening is involved with the conference or can really visualize it, but we want our listeners and, and students and parents to know this this event is where college admissions exists, right. created. Changes. And definitely changes. Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot just even express my appreciation enough for the people who took their time uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to picture, but someone giving us thirty minutes of their time is is significant at this conference. We run around like crazy. They run around like crazy. Like you have to go home just to just to rest. You do, yeah. You have to you have yeah. to go home to rest from this conference. Uh, but man, it, it's it's almost over at the time we're kind of wrapping this up. But and obviously it'll be done when we produce it and and drop this episode. But it was, it's, it's an amazing feeling right now, like in my present moment. Uh, so thank you to everyone who participated. Thank you to listeners. Uh, we hit, we, we've got some comments on our next episode. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a look at the world of test scores and the idea of test optional schools. Um, schools that uh, may want to consider other things besides the old ACT or SAT score and Right. Whether or not you know it started off as a fad, now it seems to be growing to a trend. But where is it going to go from here? Uh, maybe um, common practice, or it may go back to fad status. But we'll talk about both sides of those issues uh, next time. Uh, just a reminder: you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And we want to just thank everybody. Uh, our listening audience is growing. Uh, so if you enjoy what you're hearing, spread the word. Uh, let other people know that, that they can get schooled too. Um, you know what, y'all? If they want a t-shirt, they just need to reach out. Yeah, no kidding. We have a box of t-shirts, uh, most sizes available. Just find us on Twitter. We have a get schooled at get schooled three. Yep. And uh, reach out to us. We can we can send you a t-shirt. And a shout out to Peoria, Illinois. We had a spike in in our audience numbers. Big listeners in Peoria. So Peoria, we love you guys. Shout out to number one fan Jamie Skaggs. Hope you're listening. We'll see you all next time. Have a good one. See, that was fun. Now let's see if it works. I'm still recording. <laughs>
นะฮะ